He's got a lot of other really cool products there too, uh, like the Hoshu Wu. If you want to kind of uh, groovy up for your uh, groovy up, you know, if you want to do uh, some good things for your kidney, you got a little oh, um, mm, little fear working in your body, you know, fear and kidneys things, you know. Previously, we talked with Dr. Rulin Zhu about using Perlsium on your teeth. You have to experience huh. it to yeah. believe it. <laughs> yeah, you do. That's what I've been saying to my listeners. I keep saying, can't even explain this. Just buy it. Just click on it and buy some. Trust me. Just trust me. And you're going to like the way your teeth look. <laughs> That's what I keep telling. Dentists, they did an experiment uh, on their uh, clients. And they literally prove and they literally show the picture every day. You know, when they take it in a few days, the tooth literally become, like you said, like a per pearl um like a pearl and it looks so beautiful and really white and shiny yeah it really works and it's also scientifically proven by the um, experiment and he literally proved it is not only good for your teeth he also proved it's also good for your gum try some of this pearl sim i think you're going to love it you can try it internally as well helps with sleep great way to get uh, absorbable calcium and also on your face uh, you'll see the green ad there the beautiful green container get the capsules or the powder pearlsium click and order one radio network.com and as you all know if you've been around here uh, a few months or years or whatever is that we have never recommended taking calcium supplements you know 99 percent of them are just pieces of rock and and those, that usually ends up in your arteries. But uh, pearl is a uh, real pearl from oysters. And uh, they explode it in a way, powderize it in a way that it doesn't um, disrupt the cellular matrix. And then it has target proteins. It also has um, uh, pretty heavy calcium um, and then other minerals. So the cool thing is you can you can um, you can take it internally and you can get them in the capsules. When you click on our website, you'll see the capsules, and then you, the green will get the powder. So you have a choice and get some powder and the capsules, and then you can take the um, um, the Perlsium internally, and it, 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 this cal- it, this this will go into your bones and not into your arteries because it's a living source which is the Max Planck Institute, many years ago proved that uh, you don't want to do anything that's made in a lab. You just don't want to do that. So there you go. Check it out. I think you'll really, you'll really enjoy uh, the experience with this, with this Pearl Sim. Previously, we talked with Brandon Amalani about his Blue Shield product to protect against EMFs in your home. The, the more connected we are, the more electromagnetic radiation we're going to have. So years ago, I'd play with Q-Links and just anything I can get my hands on that, whether I felt it working or not, I just wanted some kind of leverage against sure. electromagnetic radiation and those frequencies and how they affect the cellular biology. But then when I met Mark and started really getting deep to his technology and really looking at the microprocessing technology, I've never found any... An EMF company that would not only to test on not only human blood and urine analysis, but also on animals, which totally weeds out the idea of placebo effect. I mean, the fact that you can plug these devices into a chicken farm, a factory farm for about 15,000 laying hens, and all of a sudden the mortality rate, which is averages from 60 to 150 
deaths per month goes down to zero. I mean, it's pretty profound that a, a little device, a little energy device could actually like create such a harmony and balance within the, the environment to where claustrophobic chickens that are crammed in together actually get along better and actually feel better. And, and oh. the, the, you know, the biological markers are improved over that one-year study. There's quite a bit of science with this Blue Shield product. You can see the ad on the front page. Promo code 1RADIO will get you a 10% discount. This works on the cells in the body. Very cool technology. Front page, Blue Shield, OneRadioNetwork.com. From the Hill Country in Texas, broadcasting worldwide, this is OneRadioNetwork.com. And our partner in crime here every uh, uh, first Monday of the month, which is today, and also <laughs> SolarTiming.com. That's where you can get all of Adam Bergstrom's books, is SolarTiming.com. So, um, is it ever going to rain? In, you know, it doesn't rain in Southern California. What was that song? Is it ever gonna it had a tiny bit. But Santa Barbara is especially bad because the southern rain stops in Ventura, about 25 miles south of us, and the northern rain stops in Gaviota, about 40 miles north north of us. So we're kind of in the middle zone here in a very weird situation where our mountains uh, run uh, run actually facing the sea. So they keep in the uh, heat during the winter and they keep in the cool during the summer. Very unusual climate here, very much compared to the Mediterranean, other than colder when you get to L.A. and colder when you get just north of Point mm-hmm. Conception. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a fellow, I won't say his name, just to keep him anonymous. And I've been trying to help him a little bit. He's got something going on with his uh, prostate and, and, and all of that. And I won't get into all of it. But um, and I, I thought I would share this with you, Adam Bergstrom, and see if you have some ideas for this gentleman. Uh, I thought he was doing good. Um, gave him some exercises, some ideas spiritually and all of that. And he said, well, Patrick, not good news. Since I spoke with you, I've been trying to shrink my prostate with your suggestions I had to go to the ER twice due to the catheter I'm on got clogged with blood clots wow and I was in huge pain with a liter of urine that would not pass I had a CAT scan and it showed the cancer in quotes has spread to my lymph nodes which were inflamed and they put me on antibiotics I don't know what that means I didn't want to do this but I'm not getting any better. Do you have any further ideas? So, not knowing a lot about this man, as you don't, what, if he came up to you, well, well, what would you tell him? What would you tell him? You know, he, he's let it go to a great degree. When a person finds out they do have a prostate cancer, ideally, uh, they do nothing except they acidify their diet. Acidify. Actually, a meat-eating diet can be helpful. Or eating acidic food, they want to raise their pH because when you alkalize, that causes metastasize. Now, some people, like Kelly said, there's two forms of cancer, an acid and alkaline. That's not true. There's only one form of cancer is acid, 
But when you break it down with an alkaline reaction, the body has its own chemo, metastasis is an alkaline condition. So generally, prostate is very benign. It's been, it's been said that 100% of men who reach 100 have prostate cancer. Well, why don't they die of it? Ray Peters asked that question. I've asked that question for years, too. Uh, a writer on Fortune magazine in the 80s asked that question and decided, uh, why don't you just leave it alone? And in most cases, you do, but you acidify your diet. Many people get the advice, oh, you got to alkalize now because you got prostate cancer and that will cure the cancer. It will break it down and spread it. So, <laughs> so now you we, have it everywhere. Are you thinking that... The diet that he was eating of recently could be could have been too alkaline and could have spread it hypothetically. We don't know for sure. But in he, his case, he should have been eating meat like you. Yeah, just eat meat, huh? So, mm. or something like that. In other words, uh, uh, most meat is uh, acidifying. People confuse milk and dairy as uh, alkali as uh, acidifying. It's alkalizing. So dairy can actually spread prostate disease, particularly low-fat milk. That's one of the worst you can have. If you're going to have the whole cream, not going to happen. If you're going to have ghee, not going to happen. If you're going to have butter, not going to happen. But you drink uh, low-fat milk, going to happen. And what does low-fat milk do? Alkalizes. Alkalizes. But if yeah, you there's no, where's the fatty, where's the fat? Yeah. Show me the fat. I see, show me the fat. So, but if you were on a carnivore type diet, a little bit of low fat would be, be okay because you're balancing out a little bit or not? No, no I wouldn't touch it. Well, you wouldn't touch <laughs> it. Fat. But, but now, you can get too much fat, don't get me wrong. Sure. Because then, see, the body, it, what people forget is the body has its own chemo. If it feels threatened, it, it has a response. It, medicine forgets totally about that. When they give chemo, maybe they can get chemo and can save people, but what if the body is doing chemo at the same time? Number one, they can lower the dose and take advantage of it, but if they over the dose, they kill the person. And this happens so commonly, it's uh, it, uh, millions die for because they don't know that particular uh, cycle of, of yin and yang. Well, I mean, doesn't oriental medicine knows about yin yeah. and yang, but with uh, with Western medicine, it's always uh, too little magnesium. How come you don't have a magnesium overload? And then with iron, it's always too much iron now. It used to be too little, but now it's too much. They always just see one side. They can't see that you want the razor's edge between is what you want to do. When you ride a saddle, you don't fall over to the left. You don't fall over to the right. You stay in the middle of the saddle, and that's called health. Um, so, but doesn't low-fat milk have some fat in there or not? Yeah, it does, but it has parts that alkalize to the max. Uh -huh. And also, it's highly uh, inflammatory. When I was a milkman, hmm. for a weird thing for about one month, I was a milkman just to see what they did. Uh, so when we were leaving cream, if a person was out of town, we could leave a bottle of cream on their stoop. No problem. Never. We were told never leave low fat milk on the stoop. So even back then I was wondering mm, why. That's and 
my 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 Swami, uh, uh, Swami Nitty Gritty, was telling me the same thing. So I thought, must be something to it. So all this uh, low-fat yogurt they sell, which is mostly all of it, it's just not a good food. Killing people. Wow. <laughs> Mass murderer. It, uh, all on a wrong concept that cholesterol is bad, that saturated fat is bad, and all your other uh, omega-3s, omega-6s, they're the heroes. They save you from heart disease. Well, if you look at the medical books, you will see that the primary villain that attacks cholesterol and attaches it to the arteries is none other than omega-3 fatty acids. They admit it in quite a few medical books. And how does that tie in with the low-fat milk? Again, uh, omega threes. Omega threes. You get omega three. You get you get an alkalization. Hmm. Omega threes, estrogen, and a whole bunch of other type of chemicals. Cortisol. They add to inflammatory conditions. Now, I agree with Ray Pete about inflammatory conditions, but he left leaves out the paralysis conditions. We're a 50-50. If you eat too much saturated fat, you get paralysis. If you eat too much uh, omega-3s, you get inflammation. We have both. It's a yin-yang world. It's not just, wow. the, it's balance is what we talk about. So there is something to eating, uh, uh, to drinking low-fat milk, but it's really a very poor choice uh, for a balancing act. So I, I've been getting a, some yogurt, uh, Greek yogurt at the farmer's market that I, with coconut that I really like, no sugar. But then I looked at the label the other day and it's a low-fat milk. So I don't want to do that, right? Yeah, can you imagine the cow? Oh, my child <laughs> is getting too much fat. I'm going to take the fat out and filter it. Please, Mr. Man, will you help me filter so my calf can survive? I need it to have its omega-3s. No cow in its right mind. No mother cow would think that way. Wow. <laughs> or, or, oh, the woman is breastfeeding. We have to, that child is getting cholesterol and saturated fats. Oh, my God. We have got to filter that out and put a filter between the baby and the child. Yeah. That's going to happen. Transhumanism. <laughs> Mark my words. Some joker is going to come up with that. So I'm going to toss that because I... You know, if I eat that, that could cause some things to get inflamed, and that's just not good, right? Not good. You know, some things are common sense. Like they tell you, eat a broth. It's healthy for you for your digestion. What animal eats soup? That's ridiculous. Huh. No animal eats soups because it neutralizes the stomach acid and makes the stomach have to get rid of the water before the solids. So there are so many things that if you just use common sense, what lion eats soup? Does uh, do you ever feed your dog soup? Right. Nope. Does Doodle eat soup? No, nope. Doodle eats meat. <laughs> he eats bones, bones and he eats solid food. <laughs> Human beings eat soup and they expect to get healthy. They drink juice and they expect to get healthy. What animal drinks juice? What animal eats soup? Nope, not gonna happen. Nope. Not gonna happen. Uh, here's an email. Ray Pete is for avoiding tannins as much as possible, but many therapeutic herbs are high in tannins. What does Adam think can be done in the preparation of herbal formulas to remove or significantly reduce the tannin content with those herbs and spices? 
I've got no problem with tannins. <laughs> you can get too many of it. You can get a bit too much uric acid. You can get a bit too much tannins, phytates, all of these. I have no problem with it as long as you eat a balanced diet. You're protected from mm. those things. Of course, cooking helps a lot. Mm. Yeah. You know, the more and more I, I, I do this carnivore diet, the more I um, want to make sure I'm clear that I, as Woody Allen says, I never really want to join a club that will allow me in. You know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I always like that line. And, and I don't want, I'm not going to be a carnivore because it's just like weird to be in some group, you know, where people are following all these weird ideas. I'm going to do what I want. And, uh, you know, um, last week uh, I had a few little red potatoes, these little red potatoes, you know, cooked them really well and smashed them up with butter. I did really good with it. I mean, I didn't see anything terrible with that. I'm, I'm not going to follow some dumb rule, you know, and, and just become a carnivore. Like I say, I don't want to be in that club. I'm not going to be in a club. I mean, there's a lot of good things that there, and you know, the, the, the science is there. I mean, it, meat is good for you. There's just no doubt about it. You know, it's not good for everybody. You can, and I think the, the what you talk about, and if you're going to do a very diet like you do, if you eat it in time, I think you've proven, with you being around all these crises, that, um, you know, that you can do fine. You can do fine eating all different kinds of food. Yep. You have to be careful because, uh, frankly, I could use a little meat and Vibrant Gal could use a little meat in our diet. Right. We're going too far to the other side. We need a little more acidification. You can get it other ways, but life is about balance. That's what I think. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, after uh, after four months of no potatoes, those little red potatoes sure did go down good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, we love potatoes. Yeah. You know, uh, Fiber Gal was in Hungary, so she was raised on them. And probably I went from the breast and then to goat milk and then probably to potatoes right away. Right. Mm. Boy, Adam, I do good. I get a raw goat's milk, and boy, I do good with that. You know, if I'm up at 2 o'clock in the morning and... I don't know. You know, you get jazzed up somehow. God knows what. Um, sometimes you get a little feisty on the soul plane, you know, or, or in the astral plane, you know, fighting off tigers. But um, I don't fight tigers. But anyway, that raw goat's milk just warmed up to about 120 below the man. Puts me back to 90 blinkers, really. I wonder what's in there. It must be calcium or I don't know what's in there. No. Uh, a, a lot of things and actually goat milk is more acidifying ah. and that's good <laughs> does that put you more to sleep acidify um not? yeah acidification actually is what happens during sleep i don't know if it puts you to sleep but we acidify right. while we sleep oh. we build up our reserves and then when we exercise we uh, become alkaline now one trick is to become over alkaline, then your body becomes over acidic to super compensate and build muscles. Hmm. Yeah, that's how it's done with the acid alkaline cycle. So ideally, you should be acidic when you wake up in the morning. That is not necessarily shown in your urine. And then you should be alkaline at night. Your urine is what your body is rejecting not what's in you and what about the solid part of your body fat and water don't mix how are you going to mention uh, uh, measure the uh, ph of your fat these people who say oh the blood will tell everything or the urine will tell everything or the saliva that's nonsense <laughs> how do you measure fat 
so, protein. So a more acid body builds muscle, right? Muscle, you bet, more acid. Now, it also can build cancer, but uh, as long as you move and you exercise, your chances of getting cancer are almost zero. Why? What does the movement do? But as do? soon as you sit down and hmm. eat a lot of protein, then you can get some problems. What's the movement do? It keeps it uh, keeps things... Uh, the metabolism keeps muscle building. Mm-hmm. You need to be in a in a constant muscle building point. You know, Ray Pete gave a really great example, and uh, and this is good as a bodybuilding technique. He said, if you put a tourniquet around your arm and cut off the circulation, uh, you will subject yourself to cancer eventually if you keep doing it. But if you put that tourniquet on, and every time you do do bicep curls and and do tricep curls you automatically build muscle much more efficiently than you will uh, by not having the tourniquet on and you take the tourniquet off so that's the difference uh, uh, actually cancer is our friend it's an isoparasite if we know how to use it to cure other diseases so far we uh, almost no one has figured out how to saddle the horse of cancer and uh, to most people it's a bucking bronco that they can't control so, so cancer is uh you say an isoparasite so it's trying to in a sense heal the body isn't it it's trying to eat up damaged tissue and things well, imagine cancer as an evil twin. I even wrote a book called Cancer as an Evil Twin. Mm-hmm. And what does it mean? It means you have uh, two puppies and one, uh, one teat. And the, the stronger uh, puppy is going to get the milk out of the teat. Well, you want you to get it, not cancer. This has to do with wasting syndrome. And this is very important for a uh, friend of ours now who has wasting syndrome and is working on it with everything she can. And so far, she's doing really well. See, as an isoparacocyte, everything she puts in her mouth, uh, the cancer will want to eat too. She has to out-eat the cancer. Her liver fights her and the first pass, it says, we're not going to digest any of that. So for, for her, I've advised things that I would never advise a healthy person to do. Like you can get free form amino acids in a tomato, in a beefsteak tomato. So why would I need to take free form feed it fatty acids? But in her case, her stomach is on patrol for the liver and the duodenum blocking the absorption of protein and its digestion so then i recommend yes get twin lab free form Mm. amino acids not peptides completely free form because they're already digested they'll go into the stomach and you'll have protein to build muscle otherwise your stomach will will interfere with their digestion and it'll end up in the toilet not in your muscles and this happens 20 percent of people by mainstream calculations, die of wasting syndrome, not cancer. I believe it's about 80% because I think 60% of people are are killed by the treatments. Sure. So what are the cancer cells? How are they figuring out how to... Oh, they just eat the food essentially and not, not let you eat it? Exactly. Huh. So, so some people said, well, they eat your flesh. No, it's well known. They have, hmm. I used to be amused. They say, cancer eats B6. We won't give it any B6. What? Then you need B6. Cancer eats sugar. 
cancer eats glutamine. Glutamine is its favorite food, by the way. It loves glutamine. So it eats all these foods. So you're going to deprive yourself of glutamine when you need it for life? That doesn't make sense at all. So cancer actually has a consciousness. It will eat what you like. You like soup? It likes soup. You like jello? It likes jello. You like fruit juice? It likes fruit loops. It likes fruit loops. Uh, cancer actually. To prove it's an evil twin, if you go inside any cancer, I guarantee you will see teeth, actually parts of teeth forming and parts of uh, wow. hair wow. In, the, in the tumor. Any tumor. And why does <laughs> what the is tum that about? Why does the tumor form? Uh, because it's basically <clears throat> a baby that wants to come into this world through another way than the birth can canal. That's how my mentor, Adana Lay, called oh. it. Ravisi has a different way, and Dr. Beard uh, goes into it in detail. Uh, Gonzalez and uh, Kelly, they left that part out. Beard goes into detail about the evil twin part, and it was part of his whole protocol, and I don't hear anybody talking about it. Well, I went back and read the original Beard books and the original doctors who experimented with it, and basically, you have to feed yourself above the cancer. That's why you need uh, not only trip, uh, you need the ones that digest the protein, like uh, trypsin, you need uh, uh, the sugar and fat dissolving enzymes too and other things as well so that's why um whether or not he's absolutely correct here the gonzalez was big on all these enzymes for cancer yeah, people only right? he didn't he didn't have the, all of the enzymes that uh, that were used by beard unfortunately they left parts out hmm. and you know when you have a protocol and you leave parts out you're vulnerable yeah <laughs> And, and so what? the sugar digesting enzyme was the most important because otherwise it forms lactic acid. And we know from Otto Warburg, lactic acid or anaerobic glycolysis is what causes cancer. When it is not burned with oxygen, you get lactic acid and then you get cancer because hmm. cancer loves lactic acid. And, and what was uh, Beard's main thesis with the birth thing and, and all that? Beard? The trophoblast cell the trophoblast. goes wild. We're made out of the soma, the, uh, golly, I forget the name of the second cell. There's three cells. Basically, uh, the trophoblast cell is the one that's designed to, uh, uh, to reproduce us and multiply cells. Hmm. That's the one that's uh, basically in uh, cloning us or reproducing us. Hmm. Well, when trophoblasts don't have anything to do, then they basically grow cancer. So the trophoblast cell, you can tell what type of cancer it is by how many trophoblast cells are involved. There is one cancer, carcinotropa something or other, some long name about that long. And when it occurs, when the mother gets it, the day she gets it, I think the 56th day of pregnancy, she dies automatically within a day or two. And then all the other degrees of tryptophan can determine what kind of cancer it is by what day after 56 days it comes in, whether 58, 108, or whatever. And by the way, the, the longer the trifoblast cell comes in and goes renegade, the easier it is to cure the cancer. Obviously, 
choreo, uh, whatever that cancer is, is deadly. And there's no cure for that when the mother gets that type of trophoblast cancer. And what's the specifics on the prostate, like this email or uh, more specifics on what, what it is? Do we know? Uh, you know, the same, the, the, what he what needs to be done, and at this point, I, I can't say what stage he's in or anything like mm-hmm. that, and I have no lab to measure it. Uh, but uh, in such a situation, one would definitely want to stop the inflammation because that's what put it in the limp in the first place. So they would want to eat in uh, foods that do not inflame. Cholesterol is one of those, obviously, and keeping yourself on the acidic side, the life force side, is what you want. Now, for the blockage, uh, you could try all kinds of things, uh, uh, herbs maybe that open up uh, arteries and things like that that tend to improve circulation. Uh, sometimes I would say, even though a niacin can promote it, sometimes it would leave a little uh, relief. Actually, niacinamide would acidify, and then the body could decide if it was going to use the niacin in what uh, form. Yeah, because it looks like he had like got clogged with blood clots in the catheter. Wow. Yeah, and now blood clots, interesting enough, uh, blood clots are usually a sign of over-acidification. Hmm. So his situation seems to be complex where he's going back and forth and has a combination of both hmm. with kind of a pendulum effect back and forth. That would be uh, good to analyze. I wish we had such a thing as Ravisi lab. Ravisi used to save people like that routinely because they knew uh, the difference. Uh, one of the differences, by the way, uh, a friend of mine had prostate cancer. So I warned him, do a test because he, he chose to get uh, radiation. Uh, I said, do a test and see if the urine has oxalates. No, 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 no. Ox- what is it called? Basically, oxidative products or chlorides. If the test shows chlorides, the next treatment you get, you're dead. Well, he didn't get the test. The next treatment, he died. Oh. And that's because chlorides appear in the urine. It's such a simple test. Before they do a treatment on a person with uh, prostate, uh, to simply see if you've got chlorides. Then the, the, the chemo or the radiation will kill you. If there are no chlorides in there, then you can take another treatment. And sometimes those things do save lives. Here's the weirdest thing. Shock can change, change people's li- lives. If you uh, are in an automobile crash, this has happened, people suddenly their cancer goes away. Right. <laughs> it's a dangerous thing. But Dr. Uh, Coley, Dr. Coley's uh, anti, uh, uh, anti-toxins, I believe, uh, he, uh, he did that as a routine. So if somebody, just a friend of mine, actually called over the weekend, he was diagnosed with um, uh, prostate cancer, you know, they, and he doesn't want to do a biopsy. He doesn't want to even go back. You know, he, and I kind of talked to him, kind of support him with that. You know, it'll just, how would he know if he'd be better with um, meat or broccoli? You know. uh, Would there be a test he could take? If in a perfect world, you would go to a Ravisi lab. And I think the one in Manhattan is now closed. That was run by uh, Ravisi's aunt, I believe. But they're not open, right? 
So what yeah, about in this world? Closed. What about in this dysfunctional world? Yeah, Jen, world? I don't know what to do. Someone's going to have to do that kind of test. And the tests that are necessary is, one, a potassium test in the serum, a potassium test in the cell, a combination to find a ratio, in other words, mix the whole thing up, a specific gravity of the urine and a um, specific gravity. What's the other one? Uh, there's another urine test. And then also the acid alkaline you measure in the body as well. If those tests match up, it's easy to tell if you're over acid or over alkaline. Now, there is a layman's version. And this is subject to mistakes, though. Okay. But you still have a higher percentage this way. If your tongue is white. Yeah. And if you uh, if you get any kind of uh, cracked skin, if it oozes fluid, you're usually over acid. If you have uh, like on you, on the heels of your uh, on your heels, you get cracks and it's very dry. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you can see red from blood, but it doesn't run out. And you have a dry cough, like. <laughs> routinely that's usually an over alkaline person i'm a classic example donald always used to tell me go out and get a donut or eat some meat or something and uh and uh get back an acid acidify yourself so a, a white tongue in the morning for someone with a diagnosis would mean um they're over acid yeah if they're <clears throat> over acid if they do those tests and they're over acid they're their prostate cancer is not going to spread. Oh. I mean, there could be some kind of shock thing or something else that happens, so nothing's 100% in this world. But your odds are tremendously on your side then to get by without it spreading. But if some fool tells you to take fish oil and cortisol and histamine and all these estrogen and all those kind of things, then you're just asking for trouble. Hmm. Nitric oxide, all of those things. Oh, yeah. Carbon dioxide, actually... One really good way to acidify is bag breathe at night. In fact, one of the ways I worked on my dental karma here, you bet I did a lot of bag breathing because that's highly anti-inflammatory. Hmm. Would that be good for a diagnosis patient to do that at night? Uh, a cancer in prostate to bag breathe? You bet. A anybody who has a... Uh, now, if it's a growing cancer and they don't want it to grow, it, it, fortunately... Prostate cancer is a slow-growing mm. cancer. There are fast-growing cancers, too, so you'd have a different strategy. But with prostate cancer, I think uh, bad breathing should be a routine thing for people to do at night. And slow breathing. Meditation. The reason uh, Indians get away with uh, vegetarianism so well is because it tends to make an alkaline diet. So they need to acidify to protect themselves. So one way to do it, slow breathing. The slower you're breathing, basically potato breathing, uh, Catalan breathing, all the breathing that the Indians used to do too. Slow breathing uh, prevents inflammation. Hmm. Uh, at what time uh, bag breathing is, is okay? Ideally from 10 at night to 10 in the morning. Okay. So when I say night, it's a little bit into the morning too. Your, your most effective area for it is four o'clock i know it's midnight till four o'clock in the morning or so that's your best uh bad breathing time during liver time one to three and during lung time three to five mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that's when your your body thrives on carbon dioxide 
in at bladder time at three to five in the afternoon it thrives in oxygen so it's not a good time what you do is you dampen the 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 uh, uh, the responses you want a cortisol response in the morning to be high so that you can have it low later uh, when you need it to be low if you dampen it it scrambles it all up and you don't know where your cortisol is and the tests don't work when you try to no. check your cortisol levels so um, so high cortisol I was going to ask you about that I'm glad you brought it up what do you what would cause the cortisol to be running high lack night? of carbon dioxide now you may not want to do the sugar routine like I do that's one way but for people who don't want sugar get that bag and get start bag. breathing that and okay. start doing buteco breathing or any of those type of breathings yeah I do buteco breathing in the, when I feel like uh, antsy you know 2 o'clock in the morning and I and I just lie there and just really work it, and boy, it just settles you right down. It's like so you're you're retaining carbon dioxide when you're not. Yep, so important. You know, uh, uh, Ray Peters talked about it, and uh, I think I'm going to add it to my carbon dioxide book. I'm go- I love to go through these old popular science and popular mechanics magazines, and in the 1934, somewhere back there popular science i found a remarkable article they had found that by adding carbon dioxide they called it carbogen of course carbogen in hospitals of pneumonia patients who were dying could be saved people who were on deathbeds could be revived by simply using carbogen well then they banned it yeah. Can you imagine they banned it? And that's why so many people die now because they give them oxygen, which feeds all kinds of uh, pneumonia. Right. right. So I have it on my list to get some CO2 in the bag, and I'm going to do that. I, it's on my list. I just haven't got to it. But uh, Ray Pete and I have talked about it. That'd be fun, wouldn't it, to try that? I think so. And, and meanwhile, for people who don't want to get that, just bag breeze just out, bag. Of the, out of the bag. You know, it's funny. They even have told people for a long time, if you have anxiety, breathe in a bag. Sure. Well, what did they think that was? It's a carbon dioxide. They told motorcyclists, if you wear a helmet, you might fall asleep because of the carbon dioxide that collects uh, behind the, uh, the helmet. So obviously, it has therapeutic programs, and it's been known for years that it's a relaxant and a cortisol destroyer. <laughs> a cortisol destroyer. Well, that's good. Yeah. Shock causes uh, cortisol, by the way. Uh, cortisol doesn't come from a diet necessarily, shock. In fact, on page uh, 225 of uh, Ravisi's uh, textbook of uh, patho, you know, of chemotherapy, right. natural chemotherapy, you will find a chapter on shock that goes into the three levels of shock and how they're involved with acid and alkaline reactions. It's always an alkaline reaction in shock, all three types. And it's a very interesting chapter to read, about 10, 15 pages. Um, can you ask Adam about a scallop tongue? Well, scallop time, 6.15. <laughs> but actually, nighttime is the right time. So you can you can start eating it like at 6.30. No, scallop and eat tongue. It all the way through. Not scallops, one. scallops, scallop tongue. Oh, sc- yeah, scallop tongue, right? Scallop tongue, yeah. like tongue. Oh, tongue. Scallop tongue. That's a new one on me. I don't know. <laughs> uh, besides the symptom that causes the speech to slur, my sister diagnosed with 
B-U-L-B-U-R-A-L-S. Holy she, cow. Ever heard of that, <laughs> Bulber? I, no. They make it. up these names yeah, over no. and over, you know. Shell shock is now post-traumatic stress disorder and on and on. I have no idea what that is. I have no idea. I've never heard of that. Uh, uh, have them write back in English. <laughs> yeah. Scallop tongue. I wonder what that is. I don't want it. Scallops tongue, you know. Well, sometimes the organs and tongue. Uh, I, I they, they eat tongue of beef. It's an organ. Uh, I ate it as a kid till uh, till I freaked out when I I told my parents that's not really a cow's tongue, is it? Well, what do you think it is? <laughs> and that stopped my tongue eating. You know, Western imagination. Uh, my uh, a former girlfriend fed her. Uh, the favorite part of the fish was the fish eyes. And they're very healthy for your eyes and very good for you. Well, when he found out they were really fish eyes, he stopped eating them. I think he was about six or seven. Are those real fish eyes? No, I don't want to do it. <laughs> I was stupid. I, I ate, uh, I'd not realizing it was cow's time, so I was about 11. Or <laughs> right. Do you think seafood in general is, is uh, necessary, good? You, what term would you use? For humans, I think it, I think it can be very good. Uh -huh. I think uh, it, it, again to dry. It's like we have the same choices with land food. Some stuff is better for us. Uh, you know, we, we don't usually make skunk steak, and so I I hear it can be good. Uh, but we make choices between it. So I think seafood is uh, very good. There are a lot of people who live by the sea and uh, and do well. However, the very interesting thing to me is. Despite what Ray Pete says about the mountain men living longer, it is the desert people who are the hardiest and live the longest. Edward Abbey went into that in detail about the Mongols and the Bedouins and hmm. uh, the Apaches and etc. And what do you attribute so that to? What do you think? That just the dry, the dry. I think it's the dryness and the lack of omega threes. It's hard to get omega threes oh, in the yeah. desert because you're out in the <laughs> desert, not eating a bunch of omega threes. Maybe so. You bet. But, but you, you can find buffalo, you can find a whole bunch of other animals and animals that are adapted to the desert, but you're not going to find omega-3 animals out, mm. uh, uh, out there. But <laughs> I would, I would suspect thing. there's a lot of people, peoples, early humans, back, I don't know, millions of years, that they would, out, they would navigate more towards the ocean just because it's nice and you can get fish. And I, So I suspect humans have, have eaten a lot of fish over you know, a million years. They have to, right? You you can also before we had all the iodine as additive supplements and everything else. Iodine was very important because in Wisconsin you had forty nine percent of the entire population had goiter. Right. The Indians didn't get it. They had their little tricks and stuff like that. But here in California, you don't have to add iodine to anything because it comes in in the breeze. The breeze. You can actually get enough iodine a day by every week going down to the beach and inhaling on a windy day when the uh, onshore wind is happening. I'll be done. But meanwhile, all that iodine precipitates on the farmer's soil all the way probably over the mountains into Bakersfield someplace. It's only the... The uh, goiter used to occur, and iodine deficiencies occurred in the middle of the desert when uh, you didn't have enough. Yeah. Could you ask Adam if, um, in his opinion, on a daily aspirin for heart health and stroke prevention? Uh, to me, that's a good way to perhaps uh, prevent a stroke. And get prostate cancer. Hmm. So I'm not following Ray Pete on aspirin. I think it's a dangerous substance. 
And when I was raised in the 50s, uh, there were all kinds of aspirin diseases listed. Now, I think Tylenol is a heck of a lot worse, but all the NSAIDs are dangerous, basically. Now, aspirin has a purpose for certain things, and it actually can fight cancer in some ways, uh, but it also can tend to alkalize and cause other problems. So if you really want to thin your blood, ginger is one of the best ways to go. It works better than aspirin. So why would I use a baby aspirin when I can just take a natural herb called ginger, cut a little tiny slice off with my meal at night, and uh, problem solved. What is the uh, safest substance to use to just increase circulation? I'd like to get more circulation in my feet. That's the only really challenge I have, knock on wood, that my feet, I still got some numbness and some, um, I'm not sure what it is, but it feels like it's circulation, if I had to guess, you know, feel like circulation. Usually it <clears throat> is, and carbon dioxide. Uh, Bag breathing. As that, that's a, that's a, pr- a problem I've had an ongoing problem with for about 15 years, and it kind of goes just the toes, and yeah. it goes down more, right. and it depends, I notice, on my emotional level. But I'll tell you how I got rid of it, uh, and this applies to Ray Pete, too. Uh, I visited my brother, and we went up to, and stayed at Tahoe in his little trailer by the lake for about four or five days. We hiked every day for six or seven miles i went swimming in lake hot tahoe when the rangers thought i was crazy to go in the cold water and i was completely cured for three months no problems whatsoever well, it gradually came you think back. it was the minerals or the cold water i think it was the i think it was the walking which develops a circulation hmm. so actually moving your legs by shaking them works like uh, EECP, you know, when people have heart problems, they get the circulation Mm. artificially going by those machines. Uh, I believe I first heard about them from Dr. Cowan, and he underestimated the amount that China has. China has about 100 times more of the estimate that he gave of those machines. And uh, Vibrant Gal's dad died because they wouldn't use that uh, treatment on him, and then he died. But he, they could have used that and probably extended his life a few more years. So those machines are good? Really good. And what, really are, they, good. what are they called? There's clinics down in L.A. with, with multiple beds. You line up there. Uh, Dick Gregory went. Uh, he, he didn't. Finally, his heart did give out. But he went down there and took that sessions. All kinds of celebrities have done it. Uh, the heart doctors like, don't like people to know about it because instead of cutting into people and doing stents and all, you just lie in this machine. You don't do anything. It does the pumping for you and pumps your circulation full of blood. So that could definitely work for any kind of circulatory so, but, problem. Oh, but is this you're not talking about the thing where you stand on and they do that. This is a full body thing? You lie down. You lie down What's and they called? put these cups all over you. Oh, you put these. What? Yeah. Uh, uh, let's see. Only Barbara Gal can get what EECP means because she's oh, got Oh, I've it heard down. of EECP. Yeah. E- I can look it up on the internet easily. It's it's uh, it's used thoroughly. And in my book, The Heart Is Not a Pump, I wrote about it extensively and gave addresses and everything and the L.A. one and uh, Florida one and all kinds of uh, different addresses and how to use it and how effective it was. I think I devoted about 10 chapters for wow. it if I 
remember correctly. Now I, I, now I know what you're talking about because Cowan talked about it years ago when he years. did the heart is not a pump thing. But so he thinks they're First good. interview. So it must it must uh, work on the all the blood vessels and veins and throughout the whole body because that's what that's what's circulating everything, not the heart, obviously. <laughs> Capillary action. You know, I studied with a famous heart surgeon who taught me how to develop psychic ability by simply doing these gestures. Pretend like you have water on your fingers and you want to project it as far as you can, and automatically your paranormal powers go up. Really? That's one of the things I use. I'm going to do that. <laughs> I learned that from Dr. Sanchez Perez, who was a famous uh, uh, Spanish heart surgeon, and he got fascinated with the capillaries at the end of people's fingers where they transferred they're called anastomoses between the uh, arteries and the uh, veins and so he noticed that everybody who was doing psychic abilities did some kind of gesture like that and he measured their capillaries and you would find as many as 50 on a fingertip versus two or three and he noticed and showed me the slides of how the psychics always had more of that so he wanted me to be the american representative of teaching people how to even if you had three and four to build them up to the force of four or five and you also have them in the back of the neck and every other place anastomosis is a is an amazing topic wow wow so I'm going to do that. Oh, you you can't see me. I'm doing it right now. So you can do this, you can just do this a lot. Just yeah. It, it. I was so amazed when I talked to Doctor Sanchez uh, uh, Perez. I ran to a phone book. Remember the phone book? Yeah, I remember. <laughs> and I called the donor and said <clears throat> the amastomosis. I explained it. He says that's nothing new, brother. That's called the uh, the Akabani points in Chinese medicine. They're called <laughs> Jingwell points too. <laughs> and how do you spell the ostomosis? Uh Anastomosis, oh boy, let's see, A-N-A-S-T-O-M-O-S-I-S, I think. Something like that. I'll, I'll, I'll go on YouTube, see if they got some people talking about that. It'd be fun. No, that'd be cool to do. I could probably use that with my screenwriting too it probably opens up some channels you know <laughs> it's amazing it really does work <laughs> do you do that do you do it yeah i do it, <laughs> it I, I learned from the doctor he, he at that time he wanted to be me to be the american representative and i probably could have been but because i was so busy with uh but by going to texas institute of reflex science that took a lot of time and i had a full-time job as well uh i was reluctant to take it on sure. looking back you know did i make the right decision or not who knows yeah. <laughs> uh here's another email a couple more before we go I have known multiple, more than I like, more, more, let's see, more than one less than three Englishmen who pronounce themselves colorblind. One is a Qigong teacher and one was a roar, an architect. Is there a trend to human colorblindness or basically, um, what do you think this is? All I know is that I know I differentiate I differentiate and can see color, but don't know why. Wow. I believe I covered that in color recycling. It's a shock. The colors you can't see are the colors you're in shock with. Hmm. And by the way, color blindness is a misnomer. You always can see some of the colors. 
you, no one, or it's extremely rare to see black and white. Right. It's always certain colors that are missing. So you find that out. Now, here's an interesting thing to to uh, possibly validate, validate that it is shock. It's been shown over and over again that if you are colorblind and you get hypnotized, you can see all the colors again. Right. But once you're unhypnotized, almost no hypnotist in history, I think it's happened a few times, can retain that. It's only in the hypnotic state that you can see all the colors. This is a common phenomenon, but almost no hypnotist has figured out how to keep it when you're not hypnotized. That's cool. That's really cool. Hi, Patrick. Can you ask Adam, or maybe you know, I need a new mattress soon, and some people say don't get these springy ones because it's unhealthy and go foam. What does Adam think? Uh... I've used foam before. I don't really think it's that big a deal. A lot of people think the metal is going to influence with their uh, their body and things like that. I don't think it's that big a deal. Now, for years, I slept on the floor. I studied with a Sufi who had never slept in a bed in his entire life. Wow. In every hotel he went to, we slept on the floor. So as students of him, we slept on the floor. For years, I would go to people's homes and I would take my sleeping bag and roll it out in the floor. They thought I was kind of weird, but I was a Sufi. So I did it for years. Nowadays, I, I sleep on a bed or a couch or anything like that and not too worried. Uh, we did sleep in some bed one time that was advertised as one of the most comfortable beds. It was a nightmare. It like sucked our bodies in. <laughs> our backs were aching and everything. So I think it depends on the person a lot. And the energetic, unless there's some kind of metals right up at the top, I think maybe that could be a problem, but in most cases, I think it's just a matter of choice. You think there's any advantage to sleeping on one's back? Yes, uh, I think it is the best way. And in fact, at one time, I couldn't sleep on my back. I never could until I got one of these Nautilus shells and put it on my forehead, put a peanut uh butter jar behind my neck so it lolled back like the Chinese do and I fell asleep almost instantly so that's how I trained myself to sleep on my back because Adana Lay said it was the best position to sleep now occasionally I roll over to this side and that side I can't sleep on my belly anymore and as a child I, I couldn't sleep in any other position sure. than my belly yeah. go figure yeah I, I would think with a child it would be the healthiest to just be on the back, right? Just to let them... I, I think so. And kind of let them roll over and things like that. Now, Chin, when I first met him, the, the first workshop I ever took, he did a, 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 an hour or two on how to sleep for different reasons, how to conceive, how to, how to work the kidney meridian. I remember some of those positions that were very interesting, like to build your kidney, you sleep on your back and put the soles of your feet together in a position almost like a yogi yeah. and go to sleep like that and it regenerates your kidney side to side spooning to uh, uh for conception he uh, is a master of positions for sleeping wow for every meridian and more does he still do does he do like workshops or on the whole sexuality thing that'd be fun to go to and check all that out 
Does he do that? You know, I, I, I've been in touch with a lot of his followers and kind of watching what he's doing. He was going to do an alternative for Facebook. That seems to have uh, uh, not happening. And there was some kind of an academy where they discussed various subjects, even had me uh, interviewed a couple of times. But I'm not sure what his business uh, dealings are now and what he's doing. I'll, I'll check in and see if he's still doing that type of workshop. Mm-hmm. I think he I think he does. I think he does. He still travels around the world and and does Tai Chi workshops for sure. And, and Taoist healing workshops. Mm-hmm. Here's a 72-year-old mom from an email. Her lower legs and feet have been discolored, um, a fairly uniform deep reddish purple, and have sensations of heat, and she has numbness that seems to be getting worse. Overall circulation seems to be okay, and her toes toes are warm. After many years of trying every possible healthcare provider, no one seems to be able to figure out what the problem is. Hmm. Yellow fat disease. That's he, she's describing something similar to what I had. I mean, I, it, my legs were getting discolored too. Uh, so I did the oranges. I think is the main thing to do. And then you can't eliminate omega three oils. Minimize them though, and watch your diet, what Where's you're that? eating, like that. And also another thing, I discovered. I learned this from Adano. I had a friend called George Wellington Adams. He was a former Marine. And he got into all kinds of romantic difficulties with this woman, and his legs swelled up like wastebaskets. So he comes to Adano and said, can you help me? So he leans back in a chair. Adano has him there. And then he says, grab his feet. I said, me? (laughs) I said, yeah. Hold his feet. Push them toward the, his toes toward his nose and tilt them slightly in and just hold it. And then he told George, yawn and stretch. George did, and his legs went eat, normal. Mm. <laughs> First time I ever saw that, I was astounded. I've done it since then. <laughs> Yawning and stretching and bringing the feet, toes toward the nose. I forget the exact technical term of it. And for most people inside, every once in a while, someone has to be outside. According to Adano, it had to do with spermal trauma. He said when a sperm uh, swims, it like uses fins that go outward. So what you want to do is go inward. And many people have spermal traumas that you see doing the uh, Charlie uh, Chaplin walk. Next time you go to the market, check out how many people walk like this. Hmm. They don't walk like that. If your tires on your car were arranged that way, how fast would you wear out the rubber? Same thing with that type of walking. And I would guess more than 50% have the Charlie Chaplin walk and spermal trauma. Nothing like traumatizing your sperm. I mean, what's up with that? You know, (laughs) come on. (laughs) <laughs> Adano said it was it, it was the worst than the birth trauma. Okay. The birth trauma was secondary. Spermal <laughs> trauma was the worst. Oh, boy, I tell you what. Earth <laughs> is just a trip, isn't it? It's a trip. Well, <laughs> I tell you. No, I've been, I've been reading. We're going to talk about it tomorrow, Adam, and I've been reading an incredible amount on this whole, um, you know, financial system stuff. And, boy, there's some big things in the works, in my opinion. In Europe, especially, 
they're going to be the first to go. They got banks that are so far underground and underwater. Um, I don't know what these people have in mind, but I don't want to be part of it. So. No, they've got something in mind. Look at the Vatican taking all its funds yeah. out and all kinds of things out of banks. So yeah, there are a lot of things going on in the world. It's a, it's a very, very pivotal time. And, you know, blowing up the pipelines and they're starting to play rough, aren't they? Just, you know, they're just starting to go, whoa, wait a minute, guys. Come on. Be nice. Yeah. <laughs> it's been said, even by people like Noam Chomsky, who is not on my favorite list anymore right. since he wanted us to starve if we didn't take a vaccine. <laughs> but he said, the only defense against the unipolar world or the global order is Russia and China. So they have to knock it out. He said, Europe hates what we do. But they follow it. Anything the U.S. says, they know better than to oppose the U.S. because they get hit. Yeah. China, so far, is so big and powerful, it says, we're not doing what you say. Do. We're doing what we're that's doing what, for That's our what Russia's people. doing, too, baby. They're just, Russia too. they're not going along with it. They're the only two. They're not, they're not going along with it. Maybe they have Iran, maybe Brazil. I don't know. depends on what happens with the Brazil election yesterday and they're going to have a runoff there. They've got some really polar opposites down there. The fifth largest economy, total nationalist Donald Trump type guy, and another total Libby, you know. And they almost split the vote evenly yesterday. And But since no one got above 50%, they're going to have, have to have a runoff. So that'll be a big deal. Um, the credit, credit Suisse seems to be the, the number one um, Achilles heel in the, in the European banking system. Imagine Credit Suisse, like this all highbrow. I don't know how these yeah, people the, do uh, it. They manage to get into problems. Europe is Europe is following everything we do, and they hate it. Now, what happens if they resist? Remember during the Iraqi war when uh, they dared to say, we don't want to go into Iraq with you? Suddenly, French kissing was illegal. French fries had to be renamed. That's right. Uh, I had a, my girlfriend at the time uh, worked at a bank and they gave her a list. The bank handed all their employees a 20 page list with single space of all the companies that had French affiliations that they were, uh, uh, that they couldn't buy from. Wow. Can you believe that? Yeah. I mean, that's what happens to a country that opposes the U.S. Yeah. Or, or the globalists, maybe, too, who are. Controlling the U.S., right? The the Klaus Schwab dinglings, you know. He's he's from Harvard. Harvard sent him there. He's an agent of Harvard. If you look at Harvard and look at the list of globalists that they have, they have presidents of countries. They have all of the people are in Harvard. I've been saying for a long time that people like Michael Milken and people like that are much more deeply involved. Schwab and his daughter both educated at Harvard, told to go to Europe to convert them to the United States system, and he's just a tool. And they make him look really villainous with an accent yeah. like Kissinger, yeah. so people yeah. aren't going to like him, and so they throw him off the track. Well, Michael Milken, what a good guy. I, I have a friend that said, God, when I was in school, he took us all to lunch. He was such a nice guy. <laughs> such a nice guy. He's the nicest guy, but I told people that he was pardoned at the very beginning to... Uh, 
for the to head the vaccination program for the entire world. There's a video right after that. But now they've released the evidence in October before that. He is in videos with uh, with uh, Fauci, with all of the major people all planning this out. Yeah. The videos are on YouTube. No one watches them. So YouTube doesn't give a flip. Um, may do you see how much money Fauci made during this COVID thing? I, I don't. Oh have, yeah, like he was billions, paid off well. Billions. I mean, billions. I don't know how this guy's going to get away with it. Uh, you know, R- Rand Paul says that if the if the Republicans get in next month, that he's going to take Fauci to the to the woodshed. I don't. Well, it'll be interesting to see if he gets away with He'll it. He'll get off. Even with the Republicans, they can take him to the woodshed. Just yeah. what's happened. Look at look at Hillary. Look at Hunter Biden. What's happening with them? I mean, yeah. What about Jeffrey Epstein? Yeah. Come on. Well, most of those guys Even were... Elon Musk wants that list now. Yeah, they it, want uh, Epstein's list. How well, most of, them were, most of them were on that list, including Trump and the Supreme Court Justice. Dude, he was on the list. You know, they're, they're never going to list that list out. And Bill Clinton, of course, he was there all the time. Oh, Bill. So... <laughs> I what, 28 flights or something yeah. like that? <laughs> Come on, Bill. <laughs> So yeah, I don't think that Prince list is Andrew. Yeah, I don't yeah, Andrew. I don't think that list is ever gonna see the light of day. They probably Yeah. You think they the would British. have do you think they would have negotiated the list from what's her face and, and let her out of jail or something, but I don't know what we don't know what to believe these days, right? It's so bonkers. No, lies and lies. And we, they start to release some of the information what's happening now in about 50 years when no one cares, right, you know, and right. say, oh, it was so bad back in those days, if they even release it all. Most of history, you have to really go search into common, into private papers and things that later. You have to be a really, as a historian, you have to cast a wide net. And usually they don't do that. They buy the tunnel vision version of history. History. Well, they're still working on Lee Harvey Oswald being the lone assassin. You know what I'm saying. Well, what are you, you going to do? Right. <laughs> you know, you can't make that up. Well, they do. Uh, God help us all. Well, whatever it is, we're going to have fun going through it. And it's, and it's um, you know, might as well have That's some. That's the important thing. I, I to, saw right? a great uh, biography of Sam uh, Phillips, you know, of Sun Records, discovered oh, yeah. uh, Elvis and everybody. Yeah. And his philosophy was it's not important to feel good, it's important to feel. So we're here to feel. Mm-hmm. And we have a choice. We uh, when we go through this, we can be happy. Or we can be sad, right? And I think happiness is more practical if you're. Yeah, I think no matter so. what happens, yeah. be happy. I mean, it's so bizarre. There's no, there's no sense in getting angry at it or resentful or scared. Come on, it's just, it's everywhere. You know, these these, these landmines. Why be scared? You know, if something's gonna get you, it's gonna get you. <laughs> One thing that impressed me about David Icke, and I don't know if I take it literally or not, but I like his idea where that uh, these so-called supernatural beings or lizards or whatever, they yeah. feed on our negative emotions. I, I think so. And I think there's at least a psychological truth there that our negative emotions make things worse because our thoughts go into the environment. And if we're being negative, other people pick that up. But if people start a joy and a happiness vibe going, I think it 
carries through. And then many, many of these supervillains are really miserable people. They have nothing better to do than torture us. Maybe they'll suddenly see the light. Maybe like Paul at Damascus or something yeah. like that, yeah. right? I agree. I think they do. I think they eat fear for breakfast. I really do, which is why they're always promoting fear porn, right? Just, I think they eat fear for breakfast. I, pretty, pretty much. I, I think at least on a psychological level and maybe on a physical level. I so, respect uh, David Icke for that research. Yeah, what's the timing on the best time to eat fear? Well, let's not do that. Hey, <laughs> 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 oh, man. I'm very careful with my with my state of consciousness, boy. I don't these days I'm really particular what I think about. You know what I mean? I'm very careful. I'm not going to clog myself up with a lot of stuff that doesn't matter. You know. I had a friend of mine that wouldn't even remember phone numbers <laughs> because he said it just interfered with his other work and his brain. And and he was one of the greatest songwriters of all time. He uh, he never got anything published unless, well, I lost track of him. I don't know if he did. But, oh, he was entertaining. I had a personal, uh, uh, Roy Orbison, or he actually went into more of a Beatles vibe as a friend to entertain me uh, all the time. Sure, yeah. Well, you know, one of my... Chief spiritual teacher, uh, he said in one of his writings the other day, he writes these little things once a month, you know, little stories. But the most important thing on the earth right now for us is to be happy. Isn't that great? Be happy. You know, it's a big, as Donald Lay said, it's a big humor horror show. We might as well go to the humor side of it, <laughs> see the humorous side of it, and enjoy ourselves because they can't stop us from enjoying ourselves, even though they they do, because a lot of people let them get through their field into their body, and so they don't enjoy themselves. Yeah. But uh, if, if you learn to laugh and enjoy, that puzzles them too. <laughs> and boy, I tell you what, uh, you if you don't worry and you laugh and you enjoy life, I. I argue that you could probably damn near eat anything and you're not going to get sick, you know. <laughs> I think you could eat pretty much anything, you know, nails, rocks, I don't know. I do too, and <laughs> I don't know if I came to this concept myself or whatever, but somehow I learned that the highest card in the tarot deck is the zero card. No. It's the, 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 the fool. The fool is about to step off a cliff but he knows he's going to survive no matter what happens. Right. And indeed, there's then comes one, two, three, and all the numbers of the, uh, of the tarot card. So he obviously survived. He didn't have to worry about anything. He just right. has his little hobo thing in the back, and he's walking along with his, uh, I think, puppy was beside him, if I remember correctly, stepping off the cliff. And the next thing that happens, he's a magician. Yep. And I think many souls, it's unfortunate have a subconscious, a deep fear of death. And if there's anything that somebody could do, I think would be dig into that somehow, working with somebody, work, going inside, going in, whatever you need to do, but to get over that, right? Because once you get over that one, who cares? You know, <laughs> okay, well, whatever. So we're going to kill you. All right, well, what, what else you got, you know? <laughs> That has happened. There's a famous Sufi who they cut pieces of him, uh, killed him by cutting piece by piece off of him. And what did he do? He kept laughing all the time. <laughs> That's right. 
kind of like worms do, right? You cut them and they yeah, still... Yeah, so it didn't have the effect. They wanted people to suffer. Sure, <laughs> sure. He was having a good time. Right. Who cares? All right, kid. Well, this was fun. We started a little late, but we had a good time. So, <laughs> really good time. What, what are you guys going to do today? What are you working on a new book, you say? More research, yeah. I'm going to work on the watchers, and we're going to do some clinging because I've been uh, lying down on the couch most of the day, getting up on the computer, answering some questions, you know, uh, wasting syndrome. We have our friend there uh, we're dealing with, and some other friends have problems, and otherwise, we're having a good time. Having a good time. Having a good time. All right, kiddo, we love you. Uh, tell folks about, you know, let me put your full screen here, about your website, solartiming.com. There you go. That's where all your books, about 50 books or so, that you can go. And these are ebooks, right? These are ebooks. Pretty much, yep. Mm-hmm. And then uh, sunsinknutrition.com for the $99 one, where you get uh, recycling color videos, all kinds of uh, things. You can check out the list of what we have when you go on there and uh, to at least see what it's about. And if you like it, sign up. Sign up. When do we go back to real time? Pretty soon here now, huh? I think so. Hasn't the government have something now where they want to jump us forward to uh, summertime all the time? Is that true? That's a word around the campfire that they want to do that. I don't know. There's some political reason for it. but um, Yeah, I think we should have the, the more natural the time, the oh, better yeah. it is. You remember the saying about the old Indian says, white man think by cutting 12 inches off blanket and putting it on the other end of the blanket makes a difference <laughs> yeah well it pretty much is what the daylight savings thing is it's stupid exactly <laughs> it's like, i thought that okay. was the best description of yeah. it i've ever heard. white men think they take it in here you have more day no actually not <laughs> <laughs> you no. get more time that way uh, get more blanket that way <laughs> oh gosh we are so bonkers we humans all right adam i love you take care of yourself love you too Patrick. thanks for coming on the show it's an honor to have you we will see you on the third wednesday of this month and Ray Pete I will be there we don't know yet Papa Bear Uh, Papa Bear we don't know if Ray Pete as as you know uh, for those of you Ray Pete um, it's so funny I had a thing on email saying oh I notice you're not having Ray Pete on the show anymore because he likes sugar I said no not really do you believe he put that on (laughs) I said no no Ray Pete got smoked out by Looney Tune woke uh, Organians uh, burning stuff and he couldn't talk, and you know, so I hopefully he's going to be okay. That'll be two weeks from today. We'll see, but he'll be back. Now he's coming back. I, I didn't kick him off the air because he likes sugar. Because if that was true, Adam would never be on there because he eats sugar. I'd never be on, right? <laughs> <laughs> he, he buys it by fifty pound bags. So come on, all right, kiddo. I love you. Take care of yourself. Love you too. Bye bye. Take care, Adam Bergstrom. Yes, no, maybe chronobiotic nutrition. That's hilarious. These people write stuff on Facebook like, okay, sure, whatever. Yeah, you kicked Ray Pete off because, you know, he just likes sugar. God help us all. All right, kid, I will see you tomorrow. We're going we're gonna to talk more about the body not being physical tomorrow, which is one of our favorite things because it ain't. Um, and dig more deeply into that. I've been having some really terrific dreams that I'm going to share with you. Um, really, the dream life is like out of control right now. I don't know what's going on. Um, and then we're going to talk with a, a financial fellow by the name of John Titus. 
And where do we where do you hear some of the things what's been going on with the Federal Reserve and money and stealing trillions during this whole COVID thing? I mean, trillions. Boy, these people just don't stop. And then Sally K. Norton, and she says that there's a lot of superfoods that we've been eating. Well, I used to eat them, but we don't anymore. That uh, you don't want to really eat them. She's got a whole book on it. And then Fred in the real world of money on Wednesday. So I love you all. Thank you for your support. Let me know if I can help with anything. I'm always here for you. My email, Patrick, at OneRadioNetwork.com. May the blessings be. See you in the morning. Broadcasting from the beautiful Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com.